0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Now, the Coors Radio Network presents The Roy Green Show with Roy Green, keeping you informed and entertained. Now, here's Roy. Well, it has been a very active week on uh, email, certainly, and to a certain extent on social media. On the segments that we aired last weekend on Donald Trump, saying that if he becomes the president of the United States, he'll for a period of time ban Muslims from entering the United States, we uh, we raised that last Saturday. It was an hour and a half of nonstop, nonstop calls, lots of emotion, and then we uh, revisited it on Sunday simply because of all of the activity on Saturday, and it was just as active and just as emotional. On both sides of the issue, uh, on Sunday, and I had Dr. Zudi Jasser on the show, Rahil Raza on the program, and Rahil Raza said, hey, listen, when you ask for moderate Muslims to step up, and then one does, as in when she was talking, you know, don't criticize me. Fair comment. Uh, I've selected two emails from the ones I received all week, and in the next hour, I'll read them to you. And we'll just put a little time aside for your reaction to the emails. I want to read them to you next hour. Um, Later on this hour, we'll talk to uh, Dr. Catherine Ferrier from Montreal. She is uh, the president of the Coalition's... uh, Actually, the president of Physicians' Alliance Against Euthanasia. In Quebec, Bill 52 allows for doctor-assisted suicide... And that legislation has now been taken to court by another doctor's association. And as you know, the Supreme Court of Canada last February gave the federal government a year to come up with legislation that properly allows, under the appropriate circumstances, somebody to ask for doctor-assisted death. And uh, with it's just been making headlines, and uh, I want to talk to Dr. Ferrier about this particular piece of legislation and the philosophy behind it. Because it's one of these issues where you, you're either for or you're against. There's no middle ground. There's also no middle ground when it comes to a couple in Winnipeg. I've been stewing about this for a number of days now. Since I first saw the story, and I think it was on Tuesday. I want to read from the Winnipeg Free Press. Hope they don't mind. Rodney and Doris, um, the names of the couple, first names of the couple, have been married for 53 years. They raised three children together and have lived in their Redwood home since 1971. He's 76. They've been in the same home since 1971. Until last Saturday, the couple had never received a registered letter at the house. The one they received was from the city of Winnipeg, threatening them with the possibility of a fine and jail time unless they paint their house, garage, and fence by the 4th of May of next year. Sent as a notice under the city's neighborhood livability bylaw, the city's letter told the couple they could face a possible $1,000 fine and or six months in jail if they don't get the work done by the deadline. Rodney said they'd intended to find a way to get the work done, but were extremely worried about the May 4th deadline and the threatening language in the letter. I don't even know what the bylaw is. Never heard of it, Rodney said. I couldn't paint by May 4. It's still cold in May. Area Counselor Russ Eady said while the city's method may seem harsh, staff are following the rules. Quote, the inspectors don't know if the homeowners are poor or elderly. They're inspecting the property to determine if it complies with the bylaw and the vacant and derelict buildings bylaw. They don't know whether it was a bylaw officer who saw the peeling paint on the house and the structure. I think it's a garage, a shed. Or whether it was a neighbor who complained. But the first communication from the city of Winnipeg to a 76-year-old man and his wife, who've lived in the same place since 1971, is a threat. Either you paint by May 2nd, or you could face a $1,000 fine and six months in jail. That's the first communication. And it's registered mail. And it scared them. Whatever happened to a knock on the door? Whatever happened to a little bit of communication? The counselor said that, well, there's no way the the bylaw officers could know who lives in the house. Really? You don't have municipal roles? You can't knock on the door? Really? So these elderly people were scared by what they encountered from the city of Winnipeg, and it's not just the city of Winnipeg. It happens everywhere in this country, and not just in Canada. When you have communication from officialdom, quite often it ends with the threat of a fine and/or prison. You know that. You've seen the letters. Government informs you that they're going to do something, or there's something that's taking place, they're changing something that's significant, or maybe not so significant, and at the end it says you have X number of days to comply, and if you don't, you'll be punished. And it's exactly this kind of attitude that generates support for Donald Trump. We take it full circle. That's why people are angry, fed up, disgusted with a lot of the communication that they get from government. This isn't the only story of obtuse, rude, miserable, uncaring, unfeeling, ignorant, power-tripping, waiting to be told. Um, I used to have a wonderful Rottweiler. His name was Zack. Used to talk about him on the radio in Hamilton, Zack the Rottweiler. He was just the kindest, gentlest dog. So one day I came home and there was a do- a note in the door jam- jammed in the in the in, in the doorway, from the bylaw officer informing me that Zack had, uh, on these particular dates, had been roaming the neighborhood and intimidating and frightening people, and if I didn't uh, control this dog, he would be taken away from me and could possibly face being put to sleep. There was only one big problem with this letter. On all of the dates, on each and every date, this particular bylaw officer Indicated that Zach had been roaming the neighborhood and frightening people. I was in another province, and Zach was right there with me. Not a knock on the door. Nothing. Just the threat. Control your dog, or we'll take him away from you, and we'll euthanize him. Really. Really. So I told the story on the air, and there was story after story after story, just fed up people with, with the way they were being treated by bylaw officers, by federal organization like the Canada Revenue Agency. I had, uh, did a number of shows on what was then still called Revenue Canada with uh, people who had been hounded by them. And there was a small business owner who'd lost his business who told us on the air, that he sat in his empty and foreclosed house with a shotgun aimed at his own head because he'd been harassed so constantly by Revenue Canada. I spoke with a friend about about this earlier this week, about this this Winnipeg story. And he told me, reminded me about something he told me earlier about being in a discount store, which I'm not going to mention by name, Um, because it's a one-off incident. I don't know if it's happened to other people in that particular chain of stores, but the electronic buzzer went off as he tried to walk out of the store after buying a shopping cart full of items. He paid for everything. Seems the cashier had, by mistake, placed an item into a bag without scanning and billing, my friend. As he was leaving, beep, 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 beep. So they find the item, and they look at him and they say, hmm, you must have stuck that in your pocket. You paid for everything else, but you were going to leave with this, whatever it was, 5 or $10 item. So they hauled him into an office, and they called the police. And the police talked to him, and the store management talked to him, and they treated him like he was dirt under their fingernails. That's, that was his quote. But after about half an hour, they came to the realization that they really weren't dealing with a shoplifter, so they let him go with a warning. What was he being warned about? He hadn't done anything wrong. Which they fully understood. But oh no, they had to let him go with a warning. My friend's response was if I was going to steal something from the store, I'd choose a store with better merchandise than you carry. It's about the only comeback he had. He's still angry, and he won't go within a hundred yards of one of those stores. I told you the other day. A couple of weeks ago I was pulled over by a by a back Quebec police officer. Stopped. I wasn't speeding, wasn't doing anything wrong. And uh, he was pleasant enough. He came to the window and he said, "Uh, you know why I stopped you? No, I don't, officer. Why? You weren't wearing your seatbelt. Oh, yes, I was. I always wear my seatbelt. And I was alongside you for about a second and a half. You were about 50 feet away. I was traveling at about 30 miles an hour. And if you looked into the car that I was driving at the time, it was white and it has tan seats, and it's a tan seatbelt, and the windows are smoked. How could you, in a second and a half, looking into a white car with tanned windows, whether uh, with a, with, a, with smoked windows, with tanned seats, with a tan seatbelt, and I was wearing a sort of a tan-type top, color, tan. How could you tell? I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. He said, let me see your driver's license. I handed him the driver's license. He said, you can go, Mr. Green, after he looked at it. I still don't know why he stopped me. And it's an agent of the state stopping me for no reason at all, none that I understand. And I was gonna I was gonna to complain to the Syra back and friends of mine said, No, don't do that, Roy. You don't want to be on their radar. Figuratively or literally, you don't want to be on their radar. Just let it go. So I let it go and I wish I hadn't. In another situation, I was given a speeding ticket in Ontario by a police officer, clearly, who was operating a fishing hole. And I challenged the uh, ticket in court, and the Ontario lawyer asked me at the time, was it a brown cruiser? Did it come out of a farm lane? Yes, yes. Okay. Mr. Green, will you settle for seven over? And uh, no demerit points and 40 bucks. It'll make it easier on all of us. Okay. Okay. So clearly he had agreed, he knew exactly what happened, and he was asking me to just let it go. No demerit points, because the ticket was going to involve some significant demerit points, because he really wrote me out, and he was wrong. So I paid the 40 bucks or $42, I, I, I swore a statement into an old tape recorder with tape. That <laughs> it was actual tape that was whirring around, and, uh, and I left. So I have a couple of minutes here. I think I may have twigged a memory with one or two of you about an encounter that you've had with a bylaw officer, maybe with a police officer, maybe with a tax agency, maybe with a politician that left you feeling like you had just been pushed around a little bit more than was absolutely necessary. one 225 8255 is my number. On the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network, one 225 8255 is my number. What's happened to you? Do you have a story you can share with us about how you were treated by officialdom? And how do you feel about this elderly couple in Winnipeg? AAA-225-8255. What happened to you? With a bylaw officer or a tax agency, a city hall, whomever? Whatever. What happened to you in your encounters with officialdom that left you with a bad taste in your mouth? aaa 225 8255 Call me. And we're going to start with Rick, who's in Stettler, Alberta. Hey, Rick.
1: Hey, how are you doing, Roy? Good,
0: good, sir. How are you doing?
1: I'm not too bad.
0: What happened to you?
1: Yeah, I was driving home from work one morning, and uh, just right at Lakeshore Drive there by Windermere. And uh, they were putting up new townhouses there. And they had sprayed the road with water, and uh, there was a couple of police officers in a car waiting to turn left, and I was going straight, and the light had turned from green to amber, and this lady in front of me jammed on her brakes. So I almost ran into the back of her, but I never hit her or nothing. and. One officer rolls down his window and he goes, hey buddy, what's the problem? I go, uh, the road is wet, officer. Uh, you know, I stop. Uh, there's no problem. So as the light turned green, I continued up the road. Instead of them turning left, they followed me and pulled me over. So when the officer came up to my window, before I could even get any words out of my mouth, he told me to shut my and mouth, right? And wow. I, I, I was shocked because I hadn't hit no one. I hadn't done nothing wrong, to my knowledge. And uh, that's what he said to me. So he asked me for my driver's license, insurance, went back to their vehicle, and he wrote me out a ticket. For what? Uh, for almost hitting the woman, I presume.
0: Following too closely?
1: I was not following.
0: Too no, no, closely. I'm just wondering if that's what the ticket was for.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I what did cost that's you?
1: That's what it was, yeah. What did it cost you? Uh he wanted $180. He so, well, he, did,
0: he didn't want you to pay him on the spot though.
1: Oh no, no. I uh, I let them go back to their car and when he came and he handed me the ticket. Yeah. I, I violently grabbed it out of his hand and I say I will see you in court.
0: <laughs> and did you?
1: Oh yeah, I took it to court.
0: And what happened? And
1: and when I went there, like I had a... Tell
0: me tell tell me, tell me real quick, Rick.
1: Yeah, I had a workmate following me, and he came to court just to back up my story. And when the officer seen my workmate and me, he went up to the judge and says, oh, I'd like to withdraw the charge.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. After all of that, and, and then being greeted, uh, that nice friendly greeting you got.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay, buddy, thank you for the call. That's, uh, well, I I hear so many stories. Jason is in Calgary. Jason? Hi. Yes, sir. What happened?
1: So I was in Calgary, and I was driving along, and there was a bylaw vehicle, not a police officer or anything. And they had his door open so none of us could get by. I honked. And then he tried to pull me over, and he came up to my window. I said, well, you're not a police officer, so I don't even believe you have the right to pull me over. And I started to drive away. He followed me all the way up McLeod Trail for about five blocks. And then finally I pulled over, and I said, I know you can't pull me over, and I drove away, and then he gave up, but he kept having this little orange flashing light on the top (laughs) trying to pull me over. I was just stunned by it.
0: I don't mean to laugh. (laughs) <laughs> I know
1: it was it was kind of humorous, kind of hilarious, isn't it? <laughs> so in the end, he realized he couldn't pull me over, and uh, I just left.
0: Yeah, a cop wannabe. Kind
1: of abuse of power. It
0: is an abuse of power,
1: especially when you have no power. Yeah,
0: exactly when you have no power. i got to tell you real quick. I was behind somebody in a uh, near a hospital, and the guy was parked where he shouldn't have been parked, um, and uh, he was waiting for somebody. I guess saw the bylaw officer start to get ready to write him a ticket. I honked my horn. I was behind the guy. I was okay to stop there. I honked my horn and I pointed at the bylaw officer, and the guy took off. And the bylaw officer give me hell. Oh. So so I said, "Hey, buddy, don't talk to me right now. Why don't you come on my radio show tomorrow morning at nine o'clock?" I was at CHML in Hamilton at the time. Be there at nine o'clock in the morning. We'll talk about it. Ah. Of course, of course, he, he didn't show.
1: Can I say uh, Merry Christmas to my kids?
0: Yeah, real quick.
1: Sierra, Kaylee, and Ethan, Merry Christmas.
0: All right, Jason, Merry Christmas to you. We're going to come back with Dr. Catherine Ferrier from uh, Quebec on the euthanasia law. Don't miss this. That's next.